Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. They keep trying to tell me All you want to do is use me Oxbow is a family-owned and operated retail store that has been making waves in East Memphis for over a decade. Get over there. Two-story storefront right there off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. You're going to love what you see in there. They have... Uh, new arrivals, Memphis-themed gifts and tees. Uh, they have your Tigers, your SEC favorites, Genteel apparel, which I love, Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. Make sure you get over there, check out all the clothing selection, but that's not all they have. They have everything that you could possibly want. Vintage vinyl for music lovers. It's right there in the back of the store, first story. They have sports memorabilia. You take a hard right, and they have some upstairs as well. You can see all they have to offer there for those diehard sports fans. They also have hunting and outdoor gear for the adventurous souls. Make sure you get over there. Again, off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amico Station. They even try to have the crawfish truck out there so you can get some uh, crawfish in you after you, 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 you shop. You don't want to get all that crawfish juice and all those spices on the new clothes you buy. Also, it's so homely. They have they have Earl in there. Earl the dog. Give Earl a pet. Pat him on the head a couple times. Earl's the man. Earl is the absolute man. But whether you're searching for that perfect outfit, unique gifts, vintage vinyl, sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials, local Oxbow has you covered. Again, off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. Or another way you could do it is go to shopoxbow.com, their online retail store, where they offer everything on the site. Shopoxbow.com. And when you go to check out, I'm offering you something. Folks at Oxbow love me, they love you so much that they're trying to give you a percentage off. 20% off your order if you go to Ox, shopoxbow.com and put in my promo code The Gabe Show. All one word, The Gabe Show. G A B E, The Gabe Show for 20% off shopoxbow.com when you go to checkout. But make sure you get over to Oxbow, shop local, shop Oxbow. Before I hop into Kyrie and this big three, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed as I come in on Monday because last night, um, or yesterday morning, I should say, firefighters had to respond to a fire that was started by fireworks in Raleigh where you had the Dream Court. 
from two weeks ago that NLE Choppa opened from the area, wanted to open Dream Court for all the kids, everybody around the neighborhood to come in and play on. 7 a.m. yesterday, firefighters had to respond because the Dream Court was up in flames, and now it is unplayable. It's absolutely unplayable. Now, maybe people didn't think it was going to be able to catch fire so easily, but you don't have to shoot fireworks off the thing. Now it's uh, it's unusable. The tape's around it. You have police tape. It's just bad, man. Uh, we don't. I it may, it's probably a pure accident. I understand that. But when you get nice things, you have to treat them like nice things. And this was a nice thing that NLE Choppa did, and and now it's going to have to go under repair, repairs before it's usable again. It just that broke my heart. That broke my heart to see today. It's really unfortunate news to see and. My question would be, once you noticed that it was hurting the court, why did you continue shooting off fireworks from it? Because and why are you shooting off? It's such a what, large area that they damaged. Why, why do we have fireworks out right now? I don't know. Can we wait till the 4th of July or something? Why do we have fireworks? What's the point? What is this weekend? What made this weekend special enough to pop fireworks off the damn dream court? I know. Last weekend was Memorial. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, you missed your opportunity. I, I, I just it, They were it, celebrating Spider-Verse across the Spider-Verse. Had to be. Two weeks <laughs> Two weeks ago, though, this was open for, for, to be a safe space for Memphis kids in that area to go play basketball, build friendships, have fun with their friends, and now it's going to be covered for a while until they can get those damages all fixed. I hope, I hope they get fixed soon, but that's just brutal, man. That, that hurt my heart. That hurt my heart. Now, uh, what – Hurts my heart as well as we have the NBA Finals going on, and Kyrie is already trying to make some. He's trying to he's trying to get his uh, rumor mill going. Kyrie, and I, I wonder how he's going to respond to this, Connor. That was my first thought. Is this actually Kyrie fill, giving Chris Haynes and Shams information, or is this them going off of somebody around him where he can come back later and say, "I never said that." They just run with anything, damn media. But either way, supposedly, according to Shams Sharania and Chris Haynes. Kyrie is exploring a big three in Dallas with Luca, him, and trying to go entice LeBron to Dallas. I'm going to ask you off top, Connor. Chances of this happening. How do you feel about this? 5%. <laughs> Five. And that's, that's, that's being generous. That's being generous. That's being generous. 0.1%. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. 0.0001%. This is not a real thought. Not only does Le- LeBron have one more year on his deal, his extension that he signed with max extension, super max extension that he signed with the Lakers. He's got a player option going into next year. His kid just signed at USC. Does Savannah want to live in Dallas? All these questions have to come up. And ultimately, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I, I look at the Lakers and the way they built themselves this year with LeBron and AD and a, a really good role players after they made all the trades. That's solid. I watched the Dallas Mavericks down the stretch of the season, even with Kyrie and Luka, when they were healthy. They were miserable because defensively they didn't have enough. One, if you're going to go entice LeBron to get there, I don't think a trade is realistic. I don't think you can trade any pieces without giving up Luka. It's just not going to happen. So what are you hoping on? What what are you praying is going to happen if you're going to get him to Dallas? That That he takes a buyout from the Lakers? Why would the Lakers, Why would the Lakers do that? <laughs> And also, why would LeBron really want to do that? To go to Dallas and put himself in, honestly, what I'd call a worse situation. Luka and Kyrie and LeBron are all high-usage guys. 
Now, I, I understand they could probably build up some rapport there if they were all on the same team together and they'd be fine. But then what's surrounding them? A bunch of vet minimum guys that aren't worth a damn at this point in their career? Who's playing defense? Exactly. They were the worst defensive team. I got once the answer. Ky- once Kyrie and Luka were on that team together, once they traded for Kyrie at the trade deadline. Draymond. Oh, <laughs> now we're going. Now the think tank, we're, we're, we got the wheels spinning now, Connor. Okay. You bring in Draymond. Then what else is surrounding? Because he wants a decent deal. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying that's what they're saying. You're I'm not saying four. I would do it. That's what they're saying. Hey, I, that's ha- on them. I will say this. That's on them. I will say this. I have seen more uh, photoshopped Mavs uh, big four pictures than I have in ever. I mean, uh, the Mavs, Mavs nation is on one today. It just it doesn't make any logical sense. Like It makes just as much sense for, okay, let's say that my take was, okay, if LeBron's going to take a buyout, Get bought out. Come to the Grizzlies. Bronny transfers to Memphis. <laughs> it's like it's the same. It's the same level of possibility <laughs> oh, in my mind. Idiocy. There's no way it's he's ha- it's happening. I mean, I've been reaching out to LeBron's people to get him on the show for years, man. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's going to come on it, right? Like it's just it, it just it's nonsensical. Now I understand why Kyrie would want it to happen. He's got a rapport built up with LeBron, and yeah. they, they've been trying to get Kyrie to the Lakers. And Kyrie feels like okay, maybe he wants to stay with the Mavs. So there's sort of that thing there where they want to play together and they don't know how they're going to facilitate it. But sometimes things aren't just meant to be, right? Sometimes you just you can will something, you can want something to happen with all your might, but it's just not a possibility. And this is what this is. And I, I not only do I have questions about on the floor, ultimately, if it were to happen, what it would look like, there's just no realistic way forward to make that happen, to facilitate LeBron going to Dallas. The Lakers would literally have to choose to just give up on next season. And they're not going to do They're not going to do that. You already have Rob Palenka saying they're trying to get their you know, Rui Achimura and Austin Reeves back signed. They're trying to bring it and run it back to a certain extent, bring back some other guys. They think they have a realistic shot, and why shouldn't they? They were in the Western Conference Finals this year. May I float you a theory? Okay, let's float me a theory, Connor. Do we have is, – is it a good theory or is it a bad theory? It's a, it, it's a LeBron stand who's been – observing him for 20-plus okay. years. All right. Here's what I think happened. Okay. I think that LeBron and Kyrie are certainly talking. I do think that they want to play together. I think that they're trying to big-brain this, and they are floating this. I think LeBron told Kyrie to put this out there to put pressure on the Lakers. I think it's a reverse Viking, as our man Matson would say. Yes. Or Kendall Listen, would say. I can respect the thought process, the theory. But... What pressure do the Lakers have when they have LeBron on team control for one more year? What's the pressure there? They don't have to do anything uh, with LeBron. I LeBron's do think they have to sit pressure. out a season. He's not going to sit out a full season. He no, could no, no, retire, no. What, I guess. No, what I mean though is, yeah, what? Well, yes, he could. But I think that he absolutely has influence and can put pressure on on them. Yeah, but like I, I guess my point is ultimately how much pressure is going to be put on them when they have him on full team control for another year. Like sure. they, you can't. LeBron cannot backdoor his way out of this and get a buy. Like, you're not going to buy him out. No, no, no. You're not going to be able to trade my him. My point is is that he's putting pressure on So them. they can bring guys in. Yes. I get what yes, you're yes, saying. Yes, yes. I get what you're saying, but, like, I think LeBron actually holds less cards at this point. Going into his 39-age season, likely going to have to get surgery on his foot in the offseason. And, and, like, if I'm the Lakers and I'm Rob Palenka and I – if I'm Jeannie Buss, if I'm looking at this and I saw this report get pushed out there today, you know what I'm doing? I'm laughing. Oh, you're Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I'm you're- laughing. 
throwing that's it away. That's not funny. It's not even. It's not even realistic. It's hilarious that you think that's an, a, a real possibility, or even trying to float it as a real possibility. It's not. It's here's, just not real. Here's the the pressure angle. I think that you can take is that he does have one year left. He's going to get healthy this offseason with that foot. It sounds like he's going to take some time. You could be looking at it as we have one more year of a LeBron championship window, and we're going to have to act on it. That might be, I think that's the pressure he's trying to put on. He's saying, yeah, but- listen, you're going to get me right now. You have me for at least one more year. Take advantage of it is what I think yeah. he's doing. Now, but I, I don't, I I don't add, think the Lakers have any intention of not taking advantage of it. At see, this moment. I, I agree with that. I just think that LeBron tends to do these things where he puts a player out there and he gets all these rumors out there about a guy hoping it happens. It doesn't happen all the time. Not a lot of LeBron's media ideas do come to fruition, but it's worked before. So I think he's just trying to be up because it's no secret that he wants to play with Kyrie and it's no secret that Kyrie wants to play with LeBron. Since Kyrie left, Cleveland, and he left LeBron, he has regretted it ever since. He's talked about it. He said yeah. that he's apologized to LeBron. That whole deal. They've been trying to get back together since the moment they separated. So I, I, it would not surprise me if they are trying to full-court press this thing, but it just makes no, no sense to me. No. I, it just doesn't make any sense. When Kyrie gets in front of the media, I need a I need a <laughs> – next time he's in front of the press and he inevitably gets asked about this, what does he say about it? There's no way he's going to take full responsibility no. for saying, I gave this to the press no and way. I really want it to happen. He's going to say they ran with something that, they, that wasn't real. Like, this is just, it's just fool. It's just weird. It's, it's, we have the NBA Finals going on right now, and we're talking about LeBron to Dallas at age 39. Come just, on, when man. You when his at- son just signed at USC, when his family's just dug into L.A., they have their house there. There's, he's got one more year of team control at 46 point whatever, $46.9 million for one more year in L.A. It just, it's, it's nonsensical. And I, if it ultimately happened, I'll eat crow. I'll happily eat crow because I think it would be a great story. It would be a funny story. But this is just, this is just nonsense that we are active, actively discussing right to say. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take some of the shame in that. But damn, man. It's, LeBron it's to silly. Dallas is just... It's not going to happen. Whatever. It, it's silly. It's not going to happen. I want to hear Mark Cuban's thoughts on this. Oh, he probably loves it. They're in the, oh, they're sure. in the conversation. Um, he probably loves it. What do you think about... This is, this is another thought. If it actually did happen, LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie, all those high-usage guys on the floor at once, obviously they're greats. They're Hall of Fame guys. But that would be an interesting... It would take a while for them to really understand how to play with some of the role players that would be at their disposal, which is not much. They wouldn't have much around them. They'll be a very good offensive team. They would be horrific defensively. <laughs> like they They'd were be this horrible, year. dude. They would be so, so bad. They'd have to score, what, 130? 135? Maybe, 140? Maybe 200. Honest <laughs> to God, dude. It would be so... When you look at the Dallas roster right now, there's just no way that they can trade for LeBron or they can do anything no. for LeBron. Because, and when you look at it from the Lakers' side, let's say that they do make a move for Kyrie. Why would you, Are you better than the team than running it back? Is that better, having Kyrie and giving up some of those assets? I'm not sure it is. I would, if I were the Lakers, I would look at this situation and say, Kyrie's nice. He's nice. But every team he has gone to the last five, six seasons, they've imploded. I'm yep. not bringing that anywhere near us. Kyrie is an amazing basketball player, but I have said so, it many times. He's the superstar I would never want near my team. But at the same time, there are certain situations for even guys that like Kyrie that you think have imploded franchises, which I would agree with your sentiment there. There are times where if you put them next to guys that are 
maybe like-minded, that know how to control them, that know how to talk to them, that know how to, you know, if they're having tough times, get them through those times. It could work out. And I think LeBron, to a certain extent, could be that guy for Kyrie. I had a guy in college who always had some struggles off the field. I was able to help him out. Come over for uh, for film on, on Friday night before we – or on Thursday night before we go travel. Come over for this. We're having dinner at the house. Like, there's there's – I think LeBron could be a good facilitator to making Kyrie his best self, but I just don't know if there's a realistic way to really go make that happen. I think it would have to be the other way around with Kyrie ending up in L.A. Right. But even with that, you, Rob Palenka said he's he's wanting to bring back Rui and, and some of those young pieces and Austin Reeves. I don't know if you can make the money work for the Lakers and keep those guys on the roster. That helped you a lot in these NBA playoffs. Let's not fake it. They were a big reason that the Lakers were able to do what they did in getting the Western Conference Finals. Agreed. I, I'm just under the opinion that the roster that they currently have, if you ran it back, I think would be better than bringing in Kyrie and having to ship guys out. They're just a more complete team without Kyrie right now. The only possible way I could see Kyrie and LeBron playing together is if one of these guys gets a buyout, and I don't think either of them are going to. No. It would be, yeah. Kyrie would be more likely, but I still think that's insanely right. unlikely. I, I did see also there was last week – it was per uh, Michael Scotto, who's a NBA writer for USA Today and Hoops Hype. He said Kyrie Irving does not have a handshake agreement, as previously reported, with the Dallas Mavericks on a four-year max contract. I, well, that's not a report in itself either. Like I just, I, Kyrie. First of all, if you know Kyrie, don't make a deal with a handshake. Like, do not. I mean, he has stood at center court in Boston and said, "I'll be back here next year," and he was gone in three months. You can't, t- you can't give, give Kyrie a handshake and say, hey, we're going to make this happen, right? Sure, yeah, we'll make it happen. He shakes your hand. I, I, I wonder what the future holds for Kyrie. He may be forced into signing longer term with the, uh, with the Mavericks, but we'll have to see. They blew up everything to think to, to try to, this year at least, they were top four seed in the West and trade for Kyrie, and they just tumbled straight down, finished 11th, finished outside the play-in. That franchise is in a weird spot. Very weird spot. And you don't want to piss off Luka. You don't want to do too much. Now, I will say this. The possibility of them getting Draymond, I do think makes sense. That move actually makes sense. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Makes sense. Yeah, I I think it does because the Warriors would have to, I mean, if they're going to retain them, they're going to have to pay them a, Pretty penny, and now we're looking at the CBA and the way it's set up. It feels like it that's very, over, doesn't it? Making it very unlikely that you can sign back Draymond on some type of max deal, yeah. which is what he reportedly wanted. But then he said on his podcast, "That's not what I asked for." Okay, so like I, I think there's a like 
it's a lot more likely in the grand scheme of moving parts this offseason that Draymond Green ends up in another uniform besides the Warriors. But these two, uh, I mean, talking about Kyrie to the Lakers or LeBron to the Mavericks, come on, man. Yeah, thanks for a day of radio talk. But yeah, not may, may, make, up, make up something else. Make up something more <laughs> believable next time. I mean, I could try to will anything in the universe to happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah. And this is just, it, there's no legs to this. There's absolutely no legs to this. No. Let's get a break on that note. We'll be back with more of the Gabe Coon Show right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We had some wild things occur this weekend off the beaten path in sports. Um, LP, LPGA news. Uh, Rose Zhang, who's a 20-year-old college golfer. just It was her pro debut. It was her LPGA debut this weekend at the Mizuho America's Open, Liberty National in Jersey City. Um, her first event on the LPGA Tour. She won. She won. She was a nine under. It took two extra holes, but she went and made it happen. She is one for one. She is uh, batting a thousand when it comes down to winning LPGA events. Um, and the the craziest thing about this, at 20 years old, in a 13-day span, she won a national championship at Stanford and then won her first LPGA Tour event. And uh, Again, it was her pro debut. She is the first golfer on the LPGA Tour to win in her debut event since 1951. So Rose Zhang, I want to go here with this, though, because I've already seen a lot of this sort of trickle in. And I understand she's 20 years old, and she has done some things so far already. She was born in 2003, and she's already doing things that no other golfer really has been able to accomplish on the women's tour. But I've already seen the Tiger Woods things roll in. Phenom, unbelievable, just comes in setting the world ablaze. Let's calm down on expectation. I don't like the expectation game. I understand how good she is, and I understand what she could potentially be, but let her, let her be that before we start putting those crazy, intense expectations. People can fold under those. I understand a guy like Tiger Woods for a while did not, and until he ultimately did, and he had his misgivings. But Rose Zhang, let's just appreciate what we have at this moment. She's 20 years old. She's just in, getting done with college at Stanford. That's part of the reason the Tiger Woods comparisons are coming up. But to win in a span of 13 days a national championship and an LPGA Tour win on the Mizuho Americas Open, I mean, we'll, we'll be following this, but chill out. Chill out with those expectations. Those can lead. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't enjoy that in the grand scheme of things with a 20-year-old. A 20-year-old who yeah. has, you know, I mean, worlds in front of her, long careers ahead of her. Let's watch it. Let's watch it unfold. Also, international soccer story, uh, and Kareem Benzema. Kareem Benzema is one of the goats. I get it. He's 35 years old. He's been unbelievable for Real Madrid for some years now. But he, and this has been sort of the talk for a while about the Saudis bringing over guys, the sports washing conversation, if you will. But Kareem Benzema has signed with the Saudi club Al Itidad. Did you see the price tag on this, Connor Dunning? Three years, 
$643 million. Three years. Are you serious? $643 million to go to Saudi, uh, to go to the Saudi league and uh, at 35 years old participate for them. That's a hell of a price tag. I know they get paid a lot, but that's a, that's a different number. That number is way different. I didn't think I didn't. I mean, I know the Saudis have deep pockets, and I know the people running those clubs have deep pockets. But damn, that's thirty-five nuts. years old. And I will say, just ultimately, with all these, like even in the live golfers too, you've got Phil Mickelson going over there again, Saudi back league. They're signing these people at the at the back end of their careers. I understand the the price tag and those people being enticed by that money, but they're not getting these guys in really good shape. They're not getting them at the peak of their powers, yet they're still paying Kareem Benzema three years, $643 million. Unreasonable. That's like a team purchase price. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm watching, I'm rewatching right now uh, Winning Time just because, you know, there's not a ton going on. And so I'm rewatching Winning Time from HBO, and I'm pretty sure that. Bus bought the Lakers for like $600 million. <laughs> See, this would be an interesting thing. We need to look up Al Itidad's uh, purchase price. That's what we need to look up. They're, they're, what, what that club is worth. Because I would imagine $643 million, They're probably not getting to that number. Do you think he blacked out when his agent told him the number? <laughs> probably so. Probably so. But good Lord, man. I, I'm not a big international soccer guy. I'm not going to act like I, I can break down the game. But I do, I do know how to break down three years, $643 million. It's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money per year. We're talking about, I mean, grand scheme of things. We're talking about $214, $215 million a year to go play soccer in Saudi Arabia. I guess... Uh, it's hard to wrap your mind around that number. No, I mean, you can't. You just it's, Like one guy is getting that. Yeah. Like we're talking about how like Jalen Brown's going to be like 200 mil over like a bunch of years. Not every year. The Saudis That's are crazy. They, they are desperate to bring in people that get their get people to watch their leagues. That's what they're doing right now. And I, I think this is, again, another example of, you know, you have a 35-year-old that's outside of his prime. You're, you're just you're throwing things at the wall hoping it sticks. But Kareem Benzema ultimately, after three years, when he's let out of that contract, he's $643 million richer. And I, I, it's hard for me because I think there's, there's very clear lines in the sand you know, where you should take money from, where you shouldn't take money from, but $643 million is just, my gosh, man. That's a hard deal. It's a hard deal to pass up. We talked about it with Monty Williams. I know this is a different situation, but we made him an offer that he could not deny. We made him an offer that he could not refuse. That's what Kareem Benzema had to deal with. There's no question. Now, um, I saw this come across my uh, timeline, and Netflix, and we've been waiting for this for a while, but Netflix releasing a documentary about the 2006 to 2009 Florida Gators football team on August 23rd. We've been waiting for this one for a while now. This is, this is Tim Tebow, Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, the Pouncey Twins. I'm excited for this thing. I've been excited for this thing for a long, long time. And, you know, ultimately Urban Meyer and how many arrests they had in that span. There should be a lot of enlightening facts in there. And I was, I was thinking about this. When we see the facts that are brought to, the, to, to light, to the table, and I know we've seen a lot of them over the years, and Urban Meyer still got a job with the Jags. 
what light is Urban Meyer going to come out with? Like, how is he going to look? I know we have, from a, from a personality perspective and what we think of him, it's completely different, especially after this failed Jags situation he had. And, you know, he's not flying home on the team airplane and he's going to his bar uh, in, in Columbus and having a, a, a woman that's not his wife sit on his lap. Like, yeah, we can litigate that again. But after this documentary, how are we going to view Urban Meyer? Because I think this will be very watched. Netflix is going to get a lot of streams for this thing, and Urban Meyer is going to be on the forefront of, of taking a lot of the heat for this. He will be. I think that there is a chance that uh, he does not walk out of this documentary with a looking very good. I, here's what I will say, though. I do hope that they get into it in this documentary. Like, get into it. Talk about it. Don't avoid stuff. This documentary is not going to be – it's not going to live up to its full potential unless, unless they talk about – Unless you talk about all of it. You have to. You have Even to talk the about nasty it. details. You have to talk about Aaron Hernandez. Yes, Hernandez. You, you have to talk about everything that went down. I'm not going to be pleased if this documentary is all about, like, Tim Tebow and the championships and the success and, yeah, this stuff was going on, but we had great leadership and it got us through this era. They've got well, to get that, into the ugliness. Let's be honest – Unfortunately, from an on-field perspective, that's part of the story. Sure. Is Tim Tebow uh, defying – I shouldn't say defying the odds. They had a lot of talent, even though it was talent that wasn't necessarily uh, all the way there. You know what I mean? It, it was a lot of talent that was doing a lot of stuff off the field that was not so, uh, not so fun to follow. But that's part of the story on the field is Tim Tebow sort of leading the way, leading the way for all of these different personalities and getting through. So I, 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 that's going to be part of it. I, they need to tell the Aaron Hernandez story. They need to tell us about the Pouncey Twins. They need to tell us about Urban Meyer and how much he let go right under his nose the entire time. Because in a lot of these situations they avoid, they say, well, I don't know if Urban Meyer knew the whole scope of what was going on. Of course he did. I want to know that. I want to know exactly what he knew. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to pinpoint everything on him and throw that back into his face. But they need to... They need to let us know what he knew, what he didn't know, and uh, what he was like as a leader in those moments. Because I guess what I'll say is that was a, that was a wild, wild yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow is one of the greatest college football players that's ever played the game. There's no, yes. doubt, no doubt about that. It's just I hope that this is very similar to the U. I thought the U did a tremendous job of showing the dominance of those Miami football teams while also acknowledging all of the off-field things that were going on. Now, real conversation about Tim Tebow, sidebar. Great, one of the greatest college football players of all time. Is it more about longevity or actually year-to-year -year what he was able to accomplish? I know the Heisman and everything else. Because I, like, I look at a guy like Cam Newton, that one year he had at Auburn's better than anything I saw Tim Tebow do. Sure. Right? You get what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I feel like in a lot of these lists they put Tim Tebow at the very top of college football quarterbacks of all time. When in reality... Yeah, I think the sum of all the parts every season he had puts him in that conversation. But if we're talking seasons, season by season, what he was able to do while he was out there, I mean, he was averaging, what, four yard, three, four yards a carry? Uh, the, the throwing of the football was a little bit left to be desired at times, although he had a lot of talent around him. His O-line was the best. He had good running backs. He had good wide receivers. There was a lot of people at that time that made him better than maybe what he was. Percy Harvin was fantastic when he was at Florida. Absolutely. The Pouncey twins were there the entire time. Aaron Hernandez was great. Like, I, I, I respect the sum of all the parts of Tim Tebow, but I think there's a lot better quarterbacks that we've seen in, in, in college football before. I don't disagree with that. That's why I said one. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, right. And not the, you know. It's, 
Yeah, I think that's a fair conversation to have. It's just, I mean, winning two titles in three seasons, though, is no, no. Hell I of a get, I understand, I understand. But when you when you just look at it, all of the pieces they had around him at that time, it was, I mean, Joe Hayden was there, Spikes, Brandon Spikes. You had a bunch of dudes on that defense that were that were dogs. You had dudes on the offense that were unbelievable playmakers. I I, I don't know. I, I just. If you're doing at individual times, seasons, I think there's an argument there for sure. At times, at times, I feel like it's a little overblown. But no, Tim Tebow is one of the best college football players. Listen, man, seen. as a Tennessee fan, that that dude tortured me, tortured <laughs> me for years. <laughs> well, I mean, he tortured the SEC specifically us, though. And then before he was there, Chris Leak. I don't want to talk about it. It was rough. We got him last year, though. It was rough, though, for a long time, a long, long you got, time. You got him last year when they were five and seven. Yeah, there you go. Hey. Hey, a win's a, a, win's a, a win. win, brother. A win's a win. <laughs> I hear you. I can't wait to hear them talk about Myers' uh, leave of absence. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating because his health conditions certainly no, came at the, a, see, just it certainly like, came at the same like time as a lot of year, legal problems. His, 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 his last year at Ohio State when he's leaning down a little too hard, <laughs> and then he was back in TV the next year. It's like, yeah, how how healthy? I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to play with that. I don't want to act like someone. If they were actually hurting health-wise, I don't want to make it seem like they they weren't. But with him, there's yeah, you got to cast doubt on. I'm that. not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying you have to cast doubt on that, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm sorry, and I want to know what it was about. I want to know what it was about. Now, um, on that same token, Ole Miss. You remember? You remember Tim Tebow's big uh, speech after Ole Miss? No, you don't remember that. No, we'll never lose a game again. I'm going to do everything we can. You know that whole thing. Ole Miss. This weekend, landed a big transfer, big transfer. Zachary Franklin from uh, UTSA, wide receiver, first team All Conference USA selection. Each of the last two seasons, caught 94 passes for 1,136 yards, 15 TDs from Frank Harris, and and UTSA obviously going to be part of the conference now going forward. Uh, so the, uh, the Tigers are going to have to deal with with what's left still there. But this is a massive pickup for Ole Miss. They have a lot of guys, a lot of cooks in the kitchen at quarterback, and they have to figure out, they have to sort through those. Spencer Sanders, Jackson Dart, um, they, 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 they have the other guy, I can't think of his name right this second, from LSU as well, um, Coach's son. So they're going to have to sort through those quarterback issues. But what you were missing, you have a lot of guys the past couple of years that have gone on uh, to, to the NFL. You had to find some guys on the outside who could go make it happen for you. Zachary Franklin's going to fit that mold relatively well. Big-bodied receiver, really strong a uh, good vertical threat as well in the sort of the uh, uh, mid-levels, right? You can, you can give him some, uh, some comebacks, things going across the field, has some good legs. He's going to be an NFL draft-type guy going into the next year. But this is a massive pickup. Lane Kiffin, for all of the past transgressions, I think people are letting him go to, the, to, a, for a, to a certain extent. But for all the past transgressions and everything else and all of the sort of discussions we've had about you know, is he ever, you know, through Tennessee, through the Raiders, through everything else, is he ever going to get to a point where all of his off-field antics can take the back seat? He's done that in a big way at Ole Miss. And the recruiting he's been able to do, the guys he's brought in the past few years, that Ole Miss program's in really good hands right now. And I do wonder, ultimately, Lane Kiffin's intentions later in his career. You know where I'm going with that? I do. Alabama, do you think there's a real opportunity? There's a real avenue. He made good on his last try there with, uh, with Nick Saban. 
Do you think that's something? I mean, it's something he's looking at, but do you think that's something that Alabama can ultimately latch on to once Nick Saban leaves? You need somebody who's familiar with the program. You need somebody who understands the culture. You need somebody who can recruit. He can do all those things. Um, he's just not the same personality that's saying it lightly as Nick Saban. I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. I, to be honest, it all comes down to whether the boosters like him or not. That's going right. to be ultimately the answer. But, I mean, I thought I think he's done a tremendous job at Ole Miss. And bringing in a guy like that, whenever you can bring in an all-time leader leader from a school as, as yeah. uh, an addition to your team, you're doing something right there. So I thought he'd be tremendous. Now, I've always been under the impression, though, that Dabo thought that he was going to be the next man up for Alabama. If I were Alabama, I, though, I would prefer Lane. I think I, I would prefer I'm Lane. I'm of the opinion, though, like with, with like Dabo, Dabo. – I mean, Dabo is what he's, what Dabo is. Like I, th- I think at times, you know, like the 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 God fearing man. He's a little high horse. It's, it's a little much at times. Yeah. Where he's like, these recruits, we we didn't we didn't use nil money. This is this is God speaking. This is God. We got all yeah. all these recruits believing. Yeah, God, God wrote that five hundred thousand yeah, dollar check, right, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Can God so write me a check? I do think I, I've always thought about it this way. Dabo seems almost in too deep with Clemson. Like he's the statue guy there. I see that. Like that's he he he. We used to have Clemsoning, and they could never get over the top. He gets there, they finally win national championships. He brings in great recruits. Like, I, if I were him, it's not that I don't think I don't I don't think he'd tarnish his legacy. I don't think he'd hurt Alabama's chances. I don't think he'd be uh, substantially worse or a step down from Nick Saban in that same mold because he really can run a program. He's shown it over the years. But when you have so much sweat equity built up in one place. Why do you want to leave that place for a, a place with maybe even higher expectations year to year than what you're dealing with with Clemson, especially historically at Alabama? And I, he would do fine. He'd do great. He'd recruit. They'd give him the money. I'm sure he, the boosters would love him. But I, I, I'm of the belief, like, when you have that much sweat equity built up, leaving a place like that's got to be damn hard if you're Dabo. Another, the other names that come up are sort of the D'Amico Ryan's thought. Uh, for Alabama, he just got his first job with the Texans. I've heard Glenn Schumann, who's a co-DC for, the, for Georgia. But Lane Kiffin, as much as I have tried to poo-poo that thought in the past, it feels like a, a, a guy who needs to come up in those conversations as Saban starts to move out and little by little. I don't know when that'll be, though, right? Yeah, Saban might Because I, like, I feel like Alabama fans are not even thinking about it. I feel like the thought doesn't really come to their mind who's next, even right now. I mean, some of them, sure. But a lot of them are just trying to live in the moment, live in the present with it, Nick Saban. It's kind of like the Spurs with Pop. They're just like, no, there's not going to be. He's always going to be here. He's always going to be here. Yeah. And when he leaves, ultimately Alabama fans are going to need some, uh, some things to drink away their sorrows because I have a place. I have a place and a bottle Incredible. of whiskey that you can absolutely go get. If you're a Bama fan, when that time comes, that would be Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey. Look no further than Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. And we do have some Alabama fans in this listening area. It's made and it's distilled, barreled, aged, bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case since Prohibition. Alex Castle does a great job over there. She is fantastic. Now, this Tennessee whiskey, I got to tell you, maple, sugar, charcoal distilling. So it's going to be flavorful, full, and you can do it neat. You can sip on it with some ice, add some water to it, mix some ginger ale, some Coke into it. It is all great. But I, I tend to drink it, just pour a little bit of water on top. It'll, it'll get you where you need to go, and it's a good, good flavor. It is available now in Memphis, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Look for their new Tennessee whiskey and all their great products at your favorite retailers or ask for it by name at your favorite locally owned restaurant. But don't stop there. Head on downtown and witness firsthand 
their state-of-the-art distillery and learn what makes Old Dominic so special. Whether you're stopping in for a refreshing drink while exploring Memphis, joining them for a tour and tasting, uh, get a cocktail down there. It's fantastic. They have a great rooftop that you can go check out. Um, make sure you go to olddominic.com if you do want to get a tour and tasting. And they also do special events. They book up quickly on the weekends. I've been to weddings, wedding receptions there, going away party, birthday party. Make sure you check out their, their schedule on the weekend. They book up fast, but you will want to make sure you have your special event at Old Dominic. But there's more Old Dominic as the official spirit of Memphis Grizzlies. Look for that Tennessee whiskey, all their other products, at their two bar locations inside FedEx Forum. Whether you're at a concert, whether you're going for a comedian, whether you're watching a game, they have those two bar locations, craft cocktails, nightly. Go to olddominic.com, Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. It's about time for small talk, and there's a new, uh, new type of movie that is sweeping the country right now, kind of. Uh, if people are familiar with Cocaine Bear, it's, uh, it's got some legs. People are starting to make movies about drugged-up animals. There's a couple more coming out. I'll mention them on the other side when we get to Small Talk, 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. Now, I have to start by asking a simple question of Connor Dunning, the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. Have you seen Cocaine Bear? Of course I've seen Cocaine Is it, Bear. <laughs> what do you think? It was, <laughs> it, it was exactly I, I what know, you needed it to be. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. It's ex- it's right down the middle. It's a fun time. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. A bear does a bunch of cocaine yes. and a bunch of people die. <laughs> yeah, okay, I understand. I, I remember my my thirteen year old sister. I she went to go see Cocaine Bear. I know that's kind of wild. Thirteen year old sister going to see a movie about a bear doing cocaine. Well, but to, I be, asked to be fair her to her, it. children in the movie accidentally do cocaine. So, okay, well that's that's something. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I asked her about it, and she goes, "It's terrible." And I go, "Well, well what did you expect? Like, why? What do, you, what do you walk into Cocaine Bear and expect of Cocaine Bear?" But regardless, there's a lot of different um, sort of smaller film uh, directors and writers, and that are trying to get into making what they have termed as creature feature, creature feature genre. Have you seen this? So we had Cocaine Bear, and I think Cocaine Shark just came out, which. I, I wonder how they did that. I, mean, I had co- no idea. Cocaine Bear existed. is that. See, the thing is about Cocaine Bear, it was based on, it was loosely, loosely based on a true story. Very loosely based where they had to, on a, uh, it was a cargo plane that they had to drop a bunch of cocaine out of the back because they were about to get caught or whatever. And that, that's, that's where that comes from. Cocaine right. Shark, I wonder how they went about that. Probably did something similar, but it's not ba- even loosely based on a true story. There's another one coming out, and it's a smaller, uh, Smaller film, release date set for this year by Fuzzy Monkey Films. Fuzzy Monkey Films. It's Crack Raccoon. Crack Raccoon is coming out this year. You interested in it? I need to send, I need to send you the uh, I need to send you this uh the, I, I mean the, ofi- the, you know what the official title is? Yeah. Cracoon? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's pretty, you know. A little racy. That's uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable name. That's oh. why I said Crack Raccoon. Oh, I, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I, I thought it was creative. <laughs> yeah, because it's, I get it. Yeah, like, I thought it was pretty, It's just, it's a ridiculous concept. No, to be honest, Cocaine Bear made sense. It was based off, a, loosely based off a true well, story. It, they it had, made and here's sense. What I say, like, they had, like, real loose. people involved with that movie, too. Like, real actors, real direct, yes. like, a real director, yeah. a real production studio. So that's why that one worked. This one's going to be terrible. There's no <laughs> way this is. Because, like, Cocaine Bear's not good, but it's fun. 
I don't why, even know if why, this is uh, Of all like the type of genres of film that are getting popular, how is creature feature? Like, why is this a... Why is this? Why are people latching on to this? I just don't get it. Like, I guess Cocaine Bear did well when it opened. Very, very low cost to make, high ceiling for money. High ceiling for money, not high ceiling for staying power. I'll say that. Well, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cocaine Bear made fifty-two million at the box office. That's kind of what? Yeah. How much did they make it for? Probably not. I mean, damn, fifty-two million. That's hey, that's pretty good. I actually, I get it now, from a from a monetary standpoint. But damn, man. One of Ray Liotta's last movies. <laughs> it's crazy. O'Shea Jackson Jr. in there too, right? Ice in Cube Jr. Co- oh, he is. Yeah. He is in that. Yeah, he yeah. is. That's right. Yeah, but they had they had like a star-studded cast. They did. Uh, you can't, I don't know, you can't sell these movies. I'm not, in, uh, let's just say uh, not in support of this. Okay. <laughs> Being a trend. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it already is a trend, unfortunately. Now, also, before we get out of here um, and get to the third hour and we bring on to Michael Cole, Stephen A. Smith says he's all for Shannon Sharp being on first take. Do we like that match? We like that match? A lot of screaming? It's uh, all right. Sure. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, he'd be better than Max was with for sure. Stephen A. He could scream at him a little louder. And, you know, I think Shannon, he'd be good. I, I think <sighs> Shannon's not that bad. There's some things that are bad, and I think he's really botched the Jaw situation and everything else. Too big of a Lakers fan, and the, the Dylan Brooks situation as well. But not everything he says is complete nonsense. If, if, and if honestly, if Stephen A. Smith is saying he thinks it could work out, I'd imagine ESPN might actually give give it a real listen. Sure, and they might pay him. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Now, DeMichael Cole will join next. We'll talk about Ja. We'll talk about the Grizzlies as a whole. What their plans are for the off season. Uh, he is from the Commercial Appeal. We'll do that next. Ninety-two-nine FM, ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 